broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's time for Chattanooga Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, everyone. This is Ira Weiss. I'm going to be hosting this morning's broadcast, and I'm here with Rachel Gammon from the Northside Neighborhood House, and also Eric McNair from Papercut Interactive. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hope you're all doing well and ready for the show. Um, why don't we start with um, with Rachel? Tell us a little background on uh, the Northside Neighborhood House. Sure, we are a social service agency that has been around for 92 years here um, in Chattanooga. Our focus is uh, residents living north of the river, so that's anywhere from North Chattanooga all the way up to uh, Sell Creek. We do many different services. The ladies who founded us were committed to providing a hand up, not a handout. And so uh, much of the work we do is around uh, helping people work towards self-sufficiency. So we have adult education programming, Children program, children's programming for K through 12 students. We have direct assistance that provides basic needs support like utilities, food, um, back to school supplies, Christmas supplies. And then we have three thrift stores that provide household items, clothing and furniture to residents at a low cost. Fantastic. Eric, would you like to talk about what you do at uh, Papercut Interactive? Yeah. So um, we have been in business um, in the web design world for um, about uh, 15 years now. So for uh, web design companies, that's quite old. Uh, I mean, the Internet's not hasn't been around that long. So it's almost like I joke about how we're um, actually 70-something years in dog years uh, when <laughs> it comes funny. to uh, web design. But we do um, uh, website design, development, um, and the thing that I focus on is um, online marketing. So I tend to work with a lot of small businesses on kind of helping them figure out how to approach the web and how to approach it without uh, going broke, essentially. Well, Eric, why don't you talk about what your ideal customer looks like? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting that in terms of ideal client, it really, a, a lot of people are in different places. Um, I would say I, I kind of like working with people that have taken a uh, shot at um, getting their business on the web before. Um, that way they kind of have an understanding of what works and what doesn't work. There's a lot of people that I work with that um, they want to get a, uh, they want to go out and get this big old awesome website, you know, get the Cadillac of websites. And, you know, they're just starting out. They just started their business. And, it's kind of like the concept that you don't go out and buy a million dollar home as soon as you get out of college. It's kind of a, it's a bad move. Um, you've got to grow into um, the home that you're going to buy. Maybe you want to rent when you start out. So really explaining to uh, businesses that you've got to kind of approach the web almost in kind of a rental mindset first before you go into buying. Um, same thing for uh, you know, businesses that are buying a brick and mortar location. They're not going to go out and buy a building. The moment they open up, they're going to rent a place and they may not be in the ideal place where they want to be, but it's good enough, and then they'll move. And it's you've got to think like that as a business owner. And you need to think about that in your marketing as well. So, well, one of the pitfalls with entrepreneurship is most people go out and get an inexpensive, canned website and go from there. So, what would you advise a business owner starting out? What are the do's and don'ts? The real uh, warning signs that they should look for. Um, you know, one thing that um, one of our partners, uh, Jenny Hill, says all the time is that you should not approach your website um, like you approach your wedding, you know. And so a lot of business owners approach it like this is the only time we're ever going to build a website. Like this is it. We're, we're going to do everything right here. Everything has to be perfect. 
and it kind of turns into that. Um, you know, a website, if you think about what has happened um, since 2007 um, to now, I mean, we went from in the beginning of 20, uh, 2007, the iPhone didn't exist. It was not on the market yet. It was announced that year. We're already talking about VR and all sorts of crazy technological innovations. Um, a website before 2007, all you had to worry about was Windows XP. Like that was it. Like now you have so many types of devices on so many different platforms. To think that your website can stay stagnant in that, in that shift is really, really um, short-sighted. Um, and so to understand that, you know, you, you start up uh, a small business and you build a website on Squarespace, that's not bad, but you need to know that you're going to outgrow that pretty quickly. And you have to continue to be looking at that and going, is this serving my needs? Is this helping me stay out in front of uh, my customer base? Yeah, I noticed with a lot of websites, uh, we work uh, with companies, the message is lost in the website. You can't find exactly what they do, what the product is or how much it costs. Uh, so uh, I think website design plays a big part in getting that message out. And I think that's, that's kind of like the first thing that I recommend to any, uh, any business owner that's looking to market themselves is you gotta understand what your, who your customer is. And that is a constant, constant, constant shift as the market changes, as you start introducing new products. Um, it's, it's really important to understand your customer and when you're when you're thinking about I'm going to create this space that people can do all these awesome things online. I'm going to create this uh, business directory of whatever, and and people get into these like kind of grand plans of what they want their website to be. And it's really people are just trying to find a phone number. They're trying yeah. to find an address so they can get mapping directions. Like if you if you miss that stuff, you lose customers. Like so, it, that's the kind of stuff you got to really be thinking about where your customer is and how do they want to reach you. Um, if you haven't had that thought process yet and you're building a twenty, thirty thousand dollar website, you're you're going to you're gonna miss the mark quite a bit. That's so. fantastic information, great insight. Um let's let's talk to Rachel for a few seconds here and uh talk about what makes your group so unique. Um, well, that's interesting. That's a great question. I think one of the things that makes us unique, definitely in the market of serving individuals in need, is that we have so many um, great programs under one roof. And what we find is often the individuals who have come to us have fallen on hard times. And, you know, it's interesting because um, you mentioned uh, the 2007 and what it was like for technology. And when I think about 2007, I think about the recession and how it impacted our community and created a tremendous need for basic needs support. So the number of people we served about doubled and has stayed consistent at a higher level. And we um, have just tried to be very creative and constantly evolving to just meet the different needs. So um, one of the things that we've created to wrap around the services that I already mentioned was a healthy families program that we got some grant support from the Blue Cross Blue Shield Health Foundation. And we do family dinner nights that bring people together and slow them down. And for anyone who has children, you know, having a night where someone else prepares the meal and cleans up after the meal is such a blessing. And, but also just giving people a time to be together as a family and, and enjoy a healthy meal and then learn about parenting. And we do that at our agency building and out in the community, um, cooking classes, computer access. So again, a lot of times when a person has fallen on hard times, 
um, they don't know how to navigate the system of receiving help because the, the majority of people we help have always worked. And so they've never been in a position to need help. So having, um, it's a very humbling experience. I remember one day I walked up to um, our front reception area and there was a young couple there. They were probably in their mid-30s, dressed in business, professional. Um, and I thought they were there to see me, but they were there to see our case manager because their lights were about to be disconnected. So it's a humbling experience to have to ask for help and to have so many resources um, under one roof where people are comfortable and feel safe um, and, and not completely vulnerable. It's just a real asset in our community. And and we're, um, our longevity is unique. Um, Chattanooga is a wonderful um, city and has so many resources, but we've been around for a long time and know how to do things, I feel like, very well and efficiently and effectively. And so um, I think another thing that's unique is that um, we are very committed to not just strengthening our agency, but strengthening our community and recognizing where we fall in the grand scheme of things. And that by um, sharing best practices and sharing how to be really effective in delivering services and pulling people out of bad situations, um, we don't look at it as competition. We look at it right. as how we can increase our um, impact on the community by helping other social service agencies. Can you talk a little bit about how the Chattanooga area businesses have been supportive of your your organization? Oh, sure. We, um, you know, we really thrive on business support. And so we started actually when I took over in 2007, we started an annual sponsorship um, where businesses could come alongside us and just for whatever the year is um, support us. But we have several ways that businesses support us. They provide volunteer support. So we had Regions Bank was out yesterday. We're opening our North Hamilton site on Saturday and they were out providing some volunteer support. We have those annual sponsors that come along and support us financially. For our school supply shop, we typically serve um, around 250 children and our um, Christmas distribution serves over 450 children. And that is we lay everything out and the parents get to come and choose those items. So it gives them a sense of ownership again on a time when they're vulnerable and struggling. And so without the business community, we would not be able to serve. Uh, they're out collecting toys or collecting school supplies and, you know, um, Paper Cut Interactive is a part of the North Shore Merchants Collective and they do an annual Christmas uh, drive for us. And and it's it's all about when businesses choose to invest in us, that also gives us credibility because you're out working hard and you're going to invest your money in something that you really believe in and that you want to support. So it also just helps us with credibility with the rest of the public that, again, you choose to invest in us. And that grows over time. It does. That it trust, does. yes. That's real important. That well, you have a, it's, a it's about legacy. outcomes, right? And it's about outcomes. And again, having that effective programming where I can say, you want to give me $3,000. Let me show you what I can do with your $3,000. Um, which is more output related, but also let me show you the impact that has. I've been around the neighborhood house since I was a sophomore at UTC. And, you know, this year we are graduating five of the kids that I worked with. Five of the kids that I worked with were slated to graduate and graduated on time. That's a huge accomplishment. That is showing people what your dollar, you know, is is doing for our community. So 
That's great. The organization's providing services across the board for the those that need the benefit. Right. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good. Good job. Uh, let's let's talk to Eric. You know, you talked about the basics of of websites and and what you do or don't do. Everyone talks about Facebook, AdWords, SEO management, and to the average business owner, existing business owner, that's kind of like they don't understand. They, they don't have quite a clue where to start. Maybe some of the young entrepreneurs, you can talk about the differentials, those that are already savvy with social media versus those that uh, need to know uh, how to get those in place. Um, one thing that I think, you know, before even approaching any of that stuff, I, what I love hearing about from nonprofits is that nonprofits always have a really, really good understanding of why they're doing what they're doing. And it's something that for-profit businesses really should be taking note of, is that you you know exactly who you're reaching out to, where your target is, you know, and you're not going, well, let's, let's look at uh, Dalton, Georgia, and let's help them. And it's like, well, that's, you know, that's totally out of what your, your scope of what you're trying to do, but that's what businesses do. And so when you have kind of a lack of understanding of who your customer is, who you're targeting, you start looking at things like SEO, you know, AdWords, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, and you start making really, really bad decisions. I mean, I was talking to a, a doctor and he was referencing a, a, a chiropractor out in LA that's doing Snapchat. And he's like, should I do Snapchat? And my answer to him was, well, first you need to get a website. You probably should buy a domain name. You know, Facebook would be a good idea. You know, it's like you you can't start on Snapchat like and you, you got to understand what you're trying to to get after is that, you know, how are people going to find you? You don't even have a Google Maps listing yet, like, you know, to your location. You, you've got to think about these things first. And so, you know, you know things like uh, SEO, it really it's it's an I mean, I've been doing SEO and pay per click advertising for um, almost seven years now. And it, people have I've talked to so many people in the industry that blow it out of proportion and make it really, really complicated. Honestly, it's it's just a way of being found in search results for terms that make sense to you. Um, so if you are searching for, if you make coffee, if you're a coffee shop, you know, coffee shop in Chattanooga would be your, your term that you would look at or Chattanooga coffee shop or coffee place, you know, anything that you can think of, that's, that's SEO. It's not, you know, hip, cool place in Chattanooga. Like that's not a term you're going to look at. Um, but that's what a lot of people do is they go, oh, there's 250 people searching that every month in Chattanooga. Who cares? You know, if nobody can find you on the base terms that, um, or, or even your name, oh my goodness. Like that is something that, that happens all the time too, is that you, you look at their website, their name is never mentioned. Um, and you can't find them in Google through their name. Like th- those are just core things. And so understanding that first, before you start looking at these tools, of, of helping yourself be found more, you, you got to think of the core of what, you know, who you are and how you want to present yourself and make sure that the basics are actually taken care of first. Well, most entrepreneurs are all in and they usually have a limited budget and they don't have a lot of excess money. They can't uh, pay thousands of dollars for someone to come along and help them. Well, what advice do you have when they have a limited budget? You know, how, how do you prioritize or help them prioritize? Um, the first thing that I always say is it, do something like it depends on your target audience. Um, but if you find a lot of people come through search, that's where you get a lot of people. You've already got a website. You built a website through Squarespace, put a Google Analytics on it. And you're seeing about 90 percent of your traffic comes from uh, from Google. Um, so you're kind of thinking, well, I should probably pay to be in Google or I need to do SEO or something. 
um, AdWords is such a great way kind of testing the waters and seeing, are you going to get an ROI from this? So approach these things very, very cautiously. Do not sign a three-year agreement with a marketing company. You know, you, you got to think about things like that is you want to think about short-term things. Like, I mean, again, like renting. Um, you don't go and buy a home and get a, you know, 20 plus year, um, you know, home loan, you know, that's in, in an area where you're not sure you're going to live five years from now. But a lot of Americans do that kind of thing because they want to own a home. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's no shame in renting for a little while just to make sure that you're okay with the area, save your money, you know, until you actually are sure this is where you want to be. And that's the thing that I'll tell small businesses is, you know, put under $500 a month just for one month and see are, what terms actually are resonating the most. Put conversion tracking on, and PaperCut will help with the, uh, the consulting aspect of it. We'll kind of help you get in the right, going in the right direction. When you start seeing some viability there, uh, we can help build campaigns. Um, you've already seen the viability and you know there's an ROI there. We can kind of look at what that introductory campaign looks like. Um, so for, for a lot of businesses, AdWords is really the place to go. If you've got a younger audience and you've got a really um, responsive Facebook page, Facebook advertising is another really good avenue to start out to test the waters and to see, is this where, am I going to see an ROI from this? But the biggest thing is an ROI. You've got to be able to see what is your return on investment here? Are you actually getting anything out of this or are you just throwing money against the wall? Um, I see a lot of streaming video and everyone thinks they're a videographer because they have an iPhone. Uh, what kind of impact do you think that's going to have? Because, you know, we're in the same business of content marketing. And if our listeners, if we don't provide something for them to listen to, you know, we don't get any return on our investment either. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about some of these things that are hip and cool. And if you're a business owner, do you go out and try it? Or you just say, well, let me, let me talk to my partners at uh, PaperCut and see what they think about this. Yeah, it, video is something that is really dear to my heart. I was actually a video production major in college um, and watched that whole industry uh, crash and burn because that very thing of, you know, you can film everything on an iPhone. Um, I even have a blog post on our site about how you can actually shoot professional video on an iPhone. If you know what you're doing, you can actually produce really good video. So at this point, the bar is so low for entry into video production that a lot of businesses, like you said, are just they're, sh- they're just going for it. Um, they're getting in there. Uh, the big thing is, again, it's your target audience. You know, everybody is saying that people watch video a lot. Well, people do watch video a lot, but do they respond to those videos that they watch? Um, again, you know, target audience, you know, we, we kind of think about this a little bit as a, in a bubble in the Chattanooga area. But if you have a lot of people coming from Bradley County um, where their Internet is awful, and I know that because I live there, um, you, you can't stream video. So podcasting. Um, audio files are a lot easier. You can download those in seconds off your smartphone. Um, but if you've got data caps and things like that outside of the Chattanooga area, that kind of high quality content like that isn't going to resonate with them because um, they won't see it because they can't see it. Um, so those are the kinds of things you have to think about. Again, you want to you be cutting edge. You want to be doing things that are not the status quo. And really, honestly, at this point, SEO is the status quo. Um, if you're proud of the fact that you do SEO for your business, it's like, well, that's great. You, you should be, um, because everybody is, um, but, uh, you know, you want to be, you want to be looking at things like AdWords, Facebook advertising, things like that. But, um, again, it comes back to, you've really, you've really got to know your target audience. Um, 
kind of going back to, we were talking before the show about uh, college. And one of my things when I first got in was history. So I've always been kind of a, a student of history. Um, one of my favorite examples about changing course for a business, Apple is always something that uh, business owners talk about all the time. Uh, they were used to be called Apple Computer. And then in 2007, with the uh, release of the iPhone, they kind of realized, oh my goodness, well, this, is, this is kind of a shift. We're selling iPods, we're selling iPhones now, or we're going to be. We're not a computer company, and they changed the name of their business. And what a lot of people didn't understand is they actually were changing their target audience. They were not a computer company at this point. Um, they, were, uh, they were seeing that they were a mass market product at that point. And so it's a constant revisiting of, of who you are and who your target audience is. Well, thank you, Eric. Uh, I've been speaking with uh, Eric McNair from Papercut Interactive and also with Rachel Gammon from the Northside Neighborhood House. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Rachel, you know, Eric was talking about how nonprofits are highly targeted and focused. Uh, and we probably should have more focus by entrepreneurs. So why don't you tell our listeners exactly what you do uh, that's allowed you to grow in not only in this community, but your visibility in growing your agency and services? Um, well, we got a great website <laughs> and that helped a little bit. But, you know, I think one of the things that has helped us to grow and be really effective is um, being willing to evolve. And so I think this happens with businesses sometimes, and you've alluded to it a little bit, Eric, but, you know, um, being ready to change but also being systematic about your approach. So I think w when you were talking about people just seeing every new thing that's coming out and just wanting to do it, um, there are nonprofits that that do that. And it, it makes it hard to be sustainable because you're constantly changing. And the people that you're... You have to be willing to evolve because the needs of our community are going to evolve, but you have to do it in a very systematic approach. And that has been something that has um, truly helped us to be more effective in growing um, our outreach and also growing our visibility in the community. Um, and, you know, really it's it's about the Chattanooga way and lifting each other up and so um, and recognizing our hard work um, and and that's been a blessing. We were the um, nonprofit of the year um, chosen by the Chattanooga Chamber. And that has been huge for us because that has really gotten us gotten us out in the forefront. Um, I think another thing that has helped us in our visibility and our impact and, and growing our, our um, target market as far as a donor base is just seeing that the individuals we serve, again, are not... Um, kind of what's perceived by the public of people who always need help um, and that aren't working hard. And so, um, again, the individuals I talked about earlier, um, you know, our parents, when they come to pick up the kids in the afternoons, I mean, they have been at work all day and working hard. And, and that's what people want to invest their money in is that people that are trying to do better for themselves. And, you know, in, in the society we live in today, it is hard. And as business owners, we have people who have different roles and, and they are um, paid for those. And there are people who make less money that need a hand up sometimes that if your transmission goes out and you're working at um, Crystals as a manager, you probably don't have money tucked away to pay for your transmission. Well, 
as as a donor and as an investor, that's who I want to invest um, in supporting and not someone who is not working hard to sustain, to be sustainable. Um, and I think that that is a conversation that sometimes people don't want to really discuss. And in the social services uh, sector, it's we have to help everyone. And, and honestly, um, we have certain protocols that we follow. If we're going to help someone financially, they have to pay something towards their bill before we pay something. Again, that's as a community, people are investing in us and we have to make sure that we're good stewards of the dollars that we're providing to people. Um, it's providing support as far as budgeting and letting people know how to, again, care for themselves. So I think that's what's really helped us to increase our visibility and um, it's just is getting the word out that that is what we do and that's what people want to invest in. Who, who do you target and who uh, would you like to mention? you know, for this growth and scaling uh, that you're partnering with to allow this growth? Right. Well, I mean, I, I always hate to mention people because I feel like I'm going to miss someone. But I will tell you, um, our growth in the northern end of the county has been substantial. And that was because of the support of our board of directors and having a vision to know that over half the people we served were in Saudi Daisy and in Sell Creek and North Hickson. And just like Eric mentioned, being out in remote Bradley County, people, um, a lot of resources are targeted on the inner city and the struggles that people have in the inner city. And so we have our rural neighbors who are often overlooked. So um, we got, we have had so much support from found, um, foundations in town, specifically the Weldon Osborne Foundation and the Community Foundation to, to further our work out there. And um, Dallas Bay Baptist Church was huge and Again, we were systematic in our growth out in that area, and we've been in a portable on their campus for two years now, setting up an office every Monday morning and breaking it down on Thursday afternoon because the church was using that space. But those are some people who have been instrumental in our growth, and then everyone else who has seen, oh, they're trying to do something that's outside the box, and we want to come along and support them. Um, and so, um, you know, there are Again, I, I hesitate to mention someone and then um, miss others, but just the community support that we found. And, you know, another huge, and I can't, and I can say our thrift donors have been amazing because when we start, when I took over the neighborhood house in 2006, we had one thrift store. We're doing our soft opening of our third thrift store today. And that can't happen without people and bringing, choosing to bring their items to us. And, you know, our thrift um, nonprofits have had to be creative about how to generate revenue and have come up with different um, revenue generation sources. And um, our thrift is really true to our mission. We know if people can come and shop and buy things at a reasonable cost, then they can um, pay for all of their other needs and and, um, save their resources. So, our thrift stores are really mission centric and just the people that have invested and donated have helped us to grow because our thrift stores provide over half of our funding. And again, that's being strategic. We've been very strategic in, in having control of our revenue. So we don't have to cut programs and we've been very fortunate that the community has been so supportive um, that we haven't had to do that. In fact, we've grown. Um, when I started out our, our, 
annual operating budget was about $300,000 and now it's 1.4 million. So, and, and that's the programming that I've talked about has been because the community is investing, the community is, is seeing the need. And then, um, we've got just a tremendous team in place to make it happen and lift people up. Well, you sound like a fantastic CEO. You provide the leadership. So if I'm a business owner and I'm listening to your, your, um, uh, voice here and what you do, how would I get involved? You know, business owners out there need to know how they might become a sponsor or partner and collaborate with you. Right. The easiest way is to visit our website, which is inhouse.org And, um, and there's a, a tab on there to connect to us, um, to give me a call at 267-2217. My job is to build relationships and we are always looking for people who are ready and willing to invest in us. And, and I, um, can be sure to plug you in somewhere. I, that's the going, uh, that's what everyone laughs about is that if I, if you come and ask me how you can get involved, I will find a place. Well, that's so, great. Yes. I'm sure a lot of the listeners will be calling you or emailing you. Great. That's wonderful. Thank you. How about for you, Eric? How do people get a hold of you to find out more about Papercut Interactive? You can go to our website at papercutinteractive.com. Um, you can give us a call at our office, um, 423-648. 7773. Um, or you can actually text me on my cell phone at 423-454-1706. Um, I mean, I, there's amazing how many people actually want to text people nowadays. So you feel free to send me a text. Well, this has been fantastic. Rachel, Eric, thank you very much for being on the show this morning. We do appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. Thanks so much for having us, Ira.